Hey there, friend, and welcome to the Self Love for Breakfast podcast, where we have honest conversations about health, wellness, self-care, and of course, self-love with amazing women who aren't afraid to give it to us straight. Real life, real advice, and no BS. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and today I'm serving self-love for breakfast. Hello again, friends, and welcome to the Self-Love for Breakfast podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Rose. So pumped you are here today because I have an awesome guest. I have been wanting her to come on the show for a long time now, and she's finally here. Uh, Her name is Bernadette Joy. Bernadette's vision is to change the face of wealth in America. Her fresh teaching approach stems from how she and her husband paid off $300,000 of debt in three years and built their first $1 million of net worth in their 30s. From this experience, she became the CEO of Crush Your Money Goals, a six-figure financial education and media company that taught over 2,000 individuals across the U.S. in 2020 alone. Bernadette, welcome to the Self Love for Breakfast podcast. Hello. And I will say that I I love the title of this podcast. Like, <laughs> it's perfect. So Yay. thank you for having me. You're so welcome. And before we get really started, uh, we do a little initiation called Goals, Gratitude, and Badassery. So right off the bat, right now, what's your biggest goal or what, what goals are you working towards? Ah, so my goal currently is to get to a million dollars worth of investments. Mm. And we'll probably talk a little bit more about that. Um, but in, in that goal within the investments, I want to specifically focus on um, investing in other small businesses owned by women. So um, a lot of people talk about traditional investing in stock market and stuff. I'm like, that's cool. But like, I definitely want to have some portion of my investments going back to essentially women that, uh, you know, where I was a couple of years ago. Yeah. That's one of my big goals. I freaking love that because that's one of my biggest goals. So Mm -hmm. I, that's so amazing. Yes. Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And gratitude. What are you grateful for? Uh, My husband and I actually this weekend, we will be taking a kind of three month tour uh, around the, the U.S. Actually, I would say the West part of the U S like I'm from New York city. I like Mm. my map of the U S is pretty much like New York here, Florida, Texas, California, (laughs) like everywhere in between. I have like no idea where anything is. Right. Um, so we're going to be taking a little tour for the next three months. And I'm really grateful for the time, the energy and the finances that we have been able to build to support that. I've been wanting to do something like that for a while. And we said, what the, Hey, what, what better time to do it than now? So I'm really grateful that happening soon. Amazing. I love that. And a badassery. So something you've done recently that you're like really proud of or that you think is badass. Mm, That's a good one. I am going to say, um, oddly, it's not something that I would say that I did personally, but I feel like I contributed to, um, three of my clients who just finished up my last cohort um, they all told me that they increased their net worth by hundred K since working together with me. Oh yeah. And, um, why I feel like that's badass is first of all, like, let's just talk about how badass they are for a second. Like I'm not taking credit for that. Like, that's amazing. I just think of myself as like, I'm riding shotgun on this like amazing yeah. 
right of theirs. But I had this thought of, you know, with every class or every room that I speak in, my thought always goes to like, how much more wealth can we build here? And um, why I think that's badass is those three people that I'm talking about are such amazing human beings that I know that if they freed up their finances, they would actually do something really amazing with that wealth. Yeah. So that trickle effect of what I envision them doing with their increased financial independence makes me really excited for them to live their badass lives. I love it. That's so good. So good. I love that. So, all right, let's dig in. I really wanted you to come on the show because I've been talking a little bit more about money stuff. Um, and you know, we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast and I talk about it online sometimes. Um, and it's interesting because I've had some guests that it's like, are they almost like apologize for, um, you know, having financial goals. Like I had one Mm. woman on the show and she was like, well, you know, my goal with my company is to get to $10 million a year and then like sell it. And she's like, blah, 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 blah. But I want to do like good stuff. And I was like, whoa, hold on, (laughs) Mm. hold on here. And, and I just love that you came on and you're like, yeah, so I want to, you know, get to a million dollars in investments and blah, blah, blah. And like just casual because it should be because it really should be, it should just be, there shouldn't be so much shame attached to money. And there just is, cause we all have our money stories and whatnot, mm. you know? So mm. I love, I was, gonna, yeah. I was just going to say to that, like, I love that you mentioned that because so many women that I talk to in the personal finance, finance space and people that, for example, that come on with me as clients is like, we always feel like we have to qualify why we want to be wealthy. Yeah. Whereas I really don't hear men being like, oh, I'm really sorry. I want to become a billionaire. Like ain't nobody say, say says that. No. But yet as women were like, oh, well, I just want to make six figures or I just want to be able to feed my family, but I'm still a good person. I promise. Like, yeah. no, but I'm still going to give to charity and I want to like do all these nice things for other people. It's like, you don't have to, it's no one's business what you do with your money. Like it's just, it isn't. And, and the more money that's in women's hands, I think the more good happens, you know, naturally. hundred percent. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about this. Cause I know you used to have, um, you used to, was it a consignment store here in like Charlotte in the Charlotte area, like way back, way back. <laughs> and like, yes. so how did you get on this like crusade that you're on with? <laughs> Crusade's <laughs> with, a good word for I this. I love thing. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to like help women essentially crush their money goals, get out of debt, build wealth, all of that. Side note, you just gave me this idea because my, my maiden name is Cruz. So I'm like with a Ooh. C. So I'm like, oh, should I make like crusade? Like, uh, so I, love it. I, I digress. <laughs> um, I started my, it was a dress rental business, kind of yeah. like a, re- a local rent the runway. And I started that in 2016 upon graduating from my MBA program because I was one of those women that was like, I can never wear anything twice, but also I don't have the money to be buying like new stuff all the freaking time. Mm. Right. So self hundred percent transparency. It was like for my own selfish reasons. Like, I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> I just wanted to like have a lot of clothes and not spend a lot of money. That's pretty much the whole gist <laughs> of it. And what I learned over the three years of like running that business, which when you say that a while ago, it feels like a lifetime ago, but in the grand scheme of things, like five years ago, wasn't that long. Um, but it feels like a lifetime ago because when I started that business, my intent was still at that time to help other women save money because I was in my mind thinking like, we're spending so much money on this thing that we use one or two times. Mm -hmm. And if we could use that money and again, put it somewhere towards something that we actually care about, like that to me is a small win that I can help women on. 
Um, and when I realized that mission was too small <laughs> and, and I ended up finding myself in a lot of conversations, like borderline, like therapy sessions with clients mm-hmm. who are coming in to get these dresses because when women were coming around these dresses, it was often to go to like, now again, lifetime ago, mass gatherings, right? right. Like big weddings, galas, like, you know, prom, like those kind of things. And I would say 80% of the time, the conversation was, what are other people going to think about me in this dress versus like, how do mm. I feel like I look like, and do I feel confident in this dress? Mm. And oh. yeah, right. So <laughs> you, you having the self-love breakfast, like that definitely needed to be some self-love situations yeah. going on in there. Right. And so when I was peeling back the layers of that, I was just thinking to myself, like, wow, how much time, energy, and money do we as women literally waste on caring about what everyone else freaking thinks? Um, And to be honest, I was like, I don't know how to solve that time and energy piece yet. Like, I don't really have a grasp of that, but I can figure out the money. (laughs) The money piece seems pretty like low hanging fruit compared to like, how do you get someone to value their time and like understand energy, right? Yeah, I'm working on that with people. So yeah, I got got that part. (laughs) Yes, right. So I was like, let me let me tackle this money piece. And so the the best way that I could figure out how to do that was to be transparent about my own financial journey, my own financial hangups. I can have we can probably have an entire episode about like my hangups as like an Asian person and like the taboo around money and stuff. Mm. But long story short, I was just like if I can share this and people can see that this might be okay um, to talk about, maybe other people will open up about it. And I will learn more from other people because I have to believe that someone else has been going through this stuff also. So we can learn from each other. So long story short, I shared the journey, started out on Instagram with being like, Hey, I have a crap ton of student loan debt, but working on paying it down and was really surprised by how many people reached out to me and said, I'm going through the same thing. I I don't know what I'm doing. And these are like my successful friends too. Like the ones yeah. who are like, oh, I'm like living this nice like apartment or I like have this nice car, or wear these nice clothes all the time. Like low key behind the scenes were like, I am, I'm a mess. Freaking I'm a out. mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh wait, you're a mess too? We're all messes? That's cool. So um, that started with me just sharing it on, on Instagram if you had asked me like, oh, that you're going to then one day like own a financial education company, I'd been like, that sounds crazy. But here we are a couple of years later where it's grown from just putting myself out there on Instagram to now running a business full time around educating women specifically around managing their finances in order to claim back their time and energy. Yeah. Amazing. So, so you obviously had some like money stuff that you had to deal with, like money stories and that mm. kind of stuff. <laughs> what was like the biggest one? What was the biggest like thing you told yourself about money? You know what? I, if, if you had asked me this two weeks ago, it probably would have been a different answer. Mm. I only realized this literally in the last two weeks, Ooh, which easy. was, which was the, the, the narrative that I was always told and that I internalized was that the only way that I will be financially stable is if a man is going to take care of me. Mm. And the man could be a husband, could be a father, could be an employer, all of the, and I I posted about this recently on my, on my Instagram that 
I've worked for nine different companies since college, large companies, small companies, like startups, every single one of them was run by a white man. Yeah. Not so, shocking. <laughs> not shocking, right? Yeah. But also like then it was, something clicked with me to say, no wonder I was so unsure of myself or not confident that I could, you know, basically pay myself because mm-hmm. I spent the last 15 years seeing that same story being reinforced over and over and over again. And the other thing that I've noticed even recently, I've, I've started to see, have a lot of clients who are going through divorces or, you know, other, other kind of things like that. And narrative again, is always coming back to like, well, I, even though I'm smart, I'm brilliant. I know what I'm doing. Oh, but I'm doing it by myself and I don't have someone taking care of me. So I must not be okay. Mm. Um, and so that's been a, that's been a narrative that I've been unpacking for myself and for other people of, we got to let, we like, we got to let go of that, that whole, that whole thing that says like, oh, if you're a single woman, like, are you sure you're going to be okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> Actually, you'll probably be better off in some cases. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I'm tangling that right now. I, I love that. Yeah. Cause it's like, I mean, it's interesting. Like you said, two weeks ago would have been something different because we kind of like uncover, it's like always something new. There's always work to be done. Mm-hmm. And the reason that came up was I just uh, started running payroll um, for my company and it like dawned on me. I was like, holy smokes, this is the first paycheck that I'm getting that isn't from a white man. And it's because it's me. <laughs> I'm the one who's paying myself. How, how weird is that? Right. So that's where the thought came from. And I was like, something clicked that day to say, ah, now I see why I would have thought that was so scary to do before, because I never saw another example like that in my own Mm. personal life until it was me that had to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about the narrative that like people who have money are like evil, like rich people are bad, (laughs) rich people are bad. They're evil. Um, Who don't need all that money. (laughs) <laughs> yes. As someone who grew up like very Catholic, uh, that is, sounds all very familiar. And, <laughs> um, and literally I used to be in like my church choir, uh, uh singing like, you know, rich are the, uh, uh, rich are the poor in spirit or whatever the, the phrase was, right. It was like yeah. the poorer you are, the, the better person you are. Like that right. is again, something that we're always told. Um, my personal opinion is, Money itself is neither good or bad. Money is like a superpower. So my husband's like super into comic books and stuff. So unfortunately, (laughs) I only have a lot of comic book references, right? So like, if you have a superpower, if it's put in the hands of someone evil, then they will do evil things with it. Oh, I love this. Yes. (laughs) But But if you put that superpower in the hands of someone who's great and amazing and wants to do good, then it becomes something amazing, right? So this inherent idea that money itself is evil or that money makes people evil, to be honest, I'm like, if you're going to be evil, you're going to be evil, whether you're poor or rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but the bad side of that is that more money, more resources, just in, like anything else will amplify who you already were to begin with. Yeah. 
It doesn't exactly. make you different. It doesn't change you. I don't actually don't believe that money changes people. I think it just amplifies who they were all along. That is exactly what, yeah, I say. It's like money is an amplifier. That's it. It's just, you know, like you said, you have more resources. So mm-hmm. more ability to do to do things. So you can do more good things. You can do more bad things. You can do more, not, you know, in between things, I guess. But yeah, I love and that. I think, the superpower though. <laughs> uh, well, I think what's interesting is I've noticed, I had a couple of clients recently who like, have said something along the, or, or have experienced, like, I have more money than I know what to do with right now. Mm. And they're afraid. And that's like what kind of blew my mind. I'm like, wait, so you have, you're not struggling. We're not in the struggle bus anymore. We actually have money to do the things that you said you always wanted to do. And now you're afraid to do it. Why? And it's because of that narrative. It's because, oh, well, if I start using it for things like taking, actually taking care of myself, yeah, or, like enjoyment <laughs> or things Pleasure. that are not necessary, like, oh, I am suddenly an evil person. Yeah. Like I'm suddenly a bad person and that just, it's just not true. It's just not true. I love that. Yeah. I think more, more women especially need to hear that. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to explain to anyone if you want a nice handbag or, or, you know, have luxury things or a nice house or a nice car. It's like that, that doesn't define you as a person, the yeah. things around you. And I would say like, but I would also say like on that same idea, it's okay to spend on the things that do define you, right? Mm. That maybe other people sh- don't think you should. So yeah, for me, as an example, you know, like personal finance is always like, oh my God, you're drinking too much coffee and that's why you're broke. Like whatever, right? <laughs> so dumb. damn Starbucks. If you just stopped having that Starbucks yeah, every you day, would be rich, you'd save right? so much money. <laughs> Here's the thing. I have not stopped drinking bubble tea. And in fact, I drink probably an exorbitant amount of bubble tea. And so if people don't know what bubble tea is, right, it's just like this very Asian drink, right? Equivalent <laughs> of like coffee. And most people like in the personal finance space would be like, you should not be drinking bubble tea. That is definitely not okay. And what people don't know about me, right, again, is because like bubble tea is kind of like a nod to like how I grew up. It's it's comforting for me. Um, and it's a way to kind of celebrate my cult, my heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, if I want to spend freaking $7 in a bubble tea every week, then I will. Like, yeah, that's okay. Um but uh, some of my, it's so funny when I see my clients and I work with them on their budgets, they'll be like, oh, I know I shouldn't be spending money on this. I know I should be putting it here. Otherwise I'm like, says who? Yeah. <laughs> says who? Uh, that's so good. Yeah. It's yeah. like, who told you that? You know, it's like, yeah. is that what you really think? Or are you just shaming yourself or judging Correct. yourself? Yeah. Just judgment. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Or you're afraid that someone else is going to judge you, which is like even right. more reason why I don't care. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> they're not paying your bills. They're not no. signing your checks. So do you feel like you lean more? Because to me, there's like like two extremes or maybe not extremes, but like two sides of the spectrum, right? Like we have like, what the, is it Dave Ramsey? The Dave Ramsey, like mm-hmm. put everything in envelopes and like the snowball thing, which I mean, I've used snowball techniques of my own to pay off credit mm-hmm. cards. Um and like, don't have the, the freaking coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't have, don't have anything. Really, don't have yeah. anything. Like don't go anywhere. So like later on in life, you can like live it up. Um, and then there's someone else like recently, you know, been listening to like a, a book by this one woman. And she said like, just make more, <laughs> like just make more money. So like, where do you feel like you kind of like fall in that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the cop out answer would be I'm somewhere in between, which yes. is kind of how I feel about it. But I will say this. I actually started out in the Dave Ramsey camp. I started out in the Dave Ramsey camp because Dave Ramsey has a lot of money 
to do advertising. <laughs> and so when I was $70,000 in student loan debt, and I literally Googled how to pay off debt, that was the only thing that showed up, right? <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I guess this must be something because this is the only thing I can freaking find about paying mm-hmm. down debt, right? So I started out with Dave Ramsey camp and I even was on his show. I mean, I like, you know, did a lot of those things, but where I think people, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this, this is probably would get me in trouble with a lot of like personal finance folks, right? Like there's a lot of people hating on Dave Ramsey mm-hmm. and I actually like, don't really care. Like, I don't know how else to say it, but it's like, I'm indifferent to like other people's opinions about okay. personal finance because I think everybody has to come up with their own combination of what makes sense for them. And what I don't like about the Dave Ramsey camp is that it is overly prescriptive and it is, and it is hinged upon shaming people. It, I mean, truly like, so like literally it's like people, like if you listen to him calls, like yelling at people being like, you shouldn't be doing that. Right. So like kind of as a prime example, and this is where I started really like thinking about what makes sense for me is you know, one of the things that uh, people often talk about is like, well, don't take out any loans for like, for like school or whatever. Right. And I think what that, what that overlooks, and again, especially for me as a a woman of color, like you, you try telling any Asian parent, oh, I'm not going to college. Like, (laughs) I dare you. I dare you. I dare any Asian child to tell their parents, I am not going to college. Like, that just doesn't, that just doesn't work. Right. <laughs> right. So, you know, and for me, it was also like, well, I also knew for myself that when I did this, this um, degree that got me $72,000 of student loans, I also knew that I was using it for something that was, that would ultimately make my money back. Right. So yeah. I think there was, there's a lot of a prescriptive about it and it's, Generally speaking, like that whole kind of philosophy around spending, like don't be spending on frivolous stuff also disproportionately impacts women. Because of course, what are they going to say are the things that you shouldn't spend your money on? Your hair, your clothes, (laughs) your bags, whatever that, but golf, cool. Like (laughs) golf is cool. That's okay. Yeah. Like, like things that like are inherently like geared towards men, like those things are okay because you know, whatever. Right. So I I can go on about this for a lot, but long story short is that I had to figure out kind of what works for me and what I don't like about personal finance. And I agree um, with some other folks is that a lot of the information that's geared towards women is about spending less Mm -hmm. and like saving more money and not about making more money. And, but if you look at the personal finance advice given to men, it's like make more money, become a billionaire, do your startup, whatever. But for women, it's like cut back on like the shoes and like, you don't need that many pairs. Yeah. Like, which, you know, to some extent I agree with, right. I actually agree. (laughs) Like I don't need that many pairs of shoes. Like me for personally, like I know for a fact, I should not have bought as many pairs of shoes that I did. Right. Yeah. That's how I feel about like my workout, my workout shorts and leggings. I'm like, I don't need all of these, but I Mm -hmm. need them. (laughs) So I think the conversation that I I try to facilitate is what combination of those things will work for your particular scenario. And in some cases, like I can, you know, even this thing about my current client roster, in some cases, like we truly have an income issue. Like there is no other solution out of this other than making more money. In some other cases, I have clients who are making a buttload of money. 
and and just spending it on dumb stuff, right? Yeah. Like, and when I say dumb stuff, it's not like judgment on them. It's like they don't even like it. They're like, I don't know why I do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. and I don't I don't want to spend the money. I just do, right? So when I say it's dumb, it's not really aligned to who they are as a person, right? Yeah. So, so there is some combination that has to happen on that, and I think where people um, really make a mistake on personal finance is that they take. They, when they listen to someone, they're like, I must listen to everything that person says. It's yes. all or nothing. And that's just that's just not true of anything, especially oh, money. There's so much of that going on, I think, out there too. It's like if you agree with one thing one per- a person says, it's like you must agree with everything that they say and, and you're horrible or like whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I just like, – that one point was like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Like so for me, I actually – I do subscribe – like I – also generally agree with living debt-free, right? Like, and from, but for me, the, the, the difference is, and it's more rooted in, again, me being female, me being uh, Asian, right? Is like the, the reason that I talk about being debt-free is not so much about like the, like some of the things like Dave Ramsey and other people talk about it. It's more so around like, it just like mentally took up too much space. Yeah. It was a mental health issue for me. It wasn't a math issue. Right. And I care more. If I have to choose between what's mathematically right and what is going to help me sleep better at night, I'm always going to choose the latter. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, taking on debt is okay. Like it's Mm -hmm. just, it's what needs to happen, you know, and sometimes it's an investment and it's okay. It's just, we've turned, like demonized it to be this like, you know, horrible thing. It's just, do you have a plan (laughs) like of of eliminating it? Do you have a plan? And I also think that, you know, the other piece of it is, and this is what I train a lot of my clients to think about is like debt, just like money. We just talked about like debt is not good or bad. It's how you use it kind of thing. And is that debt moving you closer to your goals or is it moving you farther away? And that's really the question that I have to like kind of remind my clients. And so like, is that credit card debt that bought you the stuff that you're like, you don't even really like anymore, Mm. then maybe it's bad. But if you use that credit card to buy a course, that's going to help you, you know, learn a new skill set, then was that debt bad? Probably not. Right. But I think again, people taking it so literally of like, Oh, anything on a credit card is bad or anything, you know, that I do as a, and I'm going to say I had to unwrap that too. For myself, because I did go down the path of like, all debt is bad. And um, people will like people know now, like I actually have I technically have a debt right now. It's the mortgage on this house that it will be paid off soon. But even I had to tell myself, I'm like, oh, wait, is it bad that I'm like taking out debt again after I did this? And I'm like, no, because I know what I'm doing this time around. And I also, it's aligned with my goals of like living in the mountains. And I have a plan on exactly when it's getting paid off. And that's where people go awry with debt is like, they don't exact, exactly have a plan on how they're going to pay it off. And they just think it's going to magically take care of itself. And that just, right. that's where we start going. Or they away. like pay the mortgage for 30 years and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And just, or just let it be. Yeah. So good. So what is like, where, where's, where do you suggest people start? Like, where is that starting point? Is it getting rid of debt? Is it looking at the income, like what would be the very first step for someone who's like, okay, I want to get like a grip on like my money period. Mm-hmm. Um, I will flip that question a little bit to say, mm-hmm. 
because I get that question a lot. Like, where do I start? Yeah. And, I, and, so, and so lately I've kind of like been a little tongue in cheek and be like, oh, so you've never spent money before? Like you've never <laughs> like, so like really today's the first day that you're managing money. And the answer is always inevitably no, right? right so like, obviously not. <laughs> even taking this, the, that question of like, you haven't, there's no starting point on this. You've already, start, as, as soon as you consumed a single thing and paid for it, you've already built a philosophy around money to some extent. Mm. So the question is really like, you're not starting right now. What are you going to do differently? Like you've already started spending money. You probably already have credit cards. You probably already have like some goals in mind. So like, what hasn't been working for you? Mm. And that's where you quote unquote start, right? Like what hasn't been working for you? So this is an, and I, this is the first time I'm actually saying this aloud because usually I have like a canned answer of like, oh, you should like take my class, blah, blah, whatever. Right, no. right. <laughs> Let's like talk some real shit here. Oh, real no, stuff. You don't here, have right? to, you don't have to, you can swear all you want. <laughs> okay. I've been holding myself back this whole time. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, when, when I, when people say like, well, where should I start? It's like, well, where are we messed up right now? What's the, what's the pain? <laughs> what is the pain point here? Yeah. And for some people it's debt. For some people it's not investing enough. For some people it's their job that they hate. Mm. Right. And, um, and some people have the philosophy of like, oh, okay, start small. And then like kind of work your way up. And I kind of had the philosophy before I've since then, like, as I've like, progress and, and figure it out and talk and, and work with many people. I realized like actually going for that big, hairy, like, uh, that thing that really is like making me anxious. Like that's the thing that we got to go, go for yeah. because that's what the one that's going to take the most time. It's going to take the most energy and it's going to require a lot of self-reflection and figuring out how to do that differently. So in my case, it happened to be that my big hairy thing was my student loan debt. Right. Um, but that's not always the case for some of my clients. Like I have a client who like of all the things, like her car loan was the thing that like really like she didn't like. And I had another client recently, her, her mortgage was the thing that was keeping her up at night because, and this is where you start realizing that personal finance is personal in both cases. The reason that those were triggers for them was because they were tied to their ex-husbands. So they're like, I don't care that I have like $100,000 in student loan debt or whatever it is. Like this car needs to be paid off because I am sick of like seeing that bill and remembering that we bought this car together. Yeah. Or that we bought this house together. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. There's so much emotion wrapped up in it. There's so much emotion in there. And so that goes back to like, where where are you most emotionally triggered? Mm. That's probably where we got to go. I love that. Yeah, that's a really great... That's, I mean, that's kind of, I do like self-love life coaching and whatnot. And it's like, we got to start like, what is, what's activating you? What, what gets you, what gets you going? That's, there's something there. And usually mm-hmm. the biggest thing is, is the one that we got to tackle first because mm-hmm. you can't work on all the other little things until you get the big one out of the way. Yeah. And so, and then everything else becomes like way easier than that. Right. So like, yeah. even for myself when I was like, what, wait, I just paid off this student loan in like less than a year, like I can start a business. I can go for a bit. Like after that, I was like, everything, it seems easier now, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Cause like a monster amount of debt is like, <laughs> you know, most people are under that for a long time, a year. Yeah. That's crazy. So uh, personal question, well, personal, mm. personal finance, personal question. Um, you talk about how like, you know, you and your husband have paid off all this debt and like you guys have obviously goals together. So do you share finances? Yes. 
We do. Um, and this is again, where, where personal finance gets real judgy. It's like, some people will be like, Ooh, what? You don't share your finances or, or the opposite. They're like, what? Yeah. You share all your finance? Like it's always judgy <laughs> on either side. I will say this. I, my husband and I share our finances for purely practical reasons. Mm-hmm. It just is less energy and less stuff to have to look at when we have fewer accounts to have to manage and that we have two sets of eyeballs. Right. Checking on them. Right. So kind of as a prime example, like even the other day, I was like, hey, bro, to my husband, call my husband, bro, which is really good. <laughs> I was like, hey, bro, why is this account still sitting here? Like, what is going on with it? He's like, oh, my God, I just like forgot about it. Like, he just, you know, so like the fact that we have two eyes looking on things like it, it just decreases the amount of potential, you know, error. But also, I really do believe two heads are better than one. Like, uh. you know there's some things that he bounces off of me or I bounce off of him. And we're like, okay, like we made a better decision together than separately. I love that. Yeah. So my husband and I, I'll, I'll share this with you. Um, and mm-hmm. with everyone listening, um, my husband and I have been together for 10 years. We've been married for about six almost. Mm-hmm. And so when you know, we were separate, obviously at first, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I had a townhouse that was paid off a car that was paid off. Like my bills were very minimum when we met and when right before we got engaged, he started talking about like, let's get a house. And I was like, no, (laughs) no, no. Like I had a Toyota Corolla 07 that still had my ex's name on it. And I was like, I am not sharing finances. Like hell no. Um, and I was like, there needs to be a ring on my finger. Like you're crazy. And then like two hours later he proposed and I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, so we ended up, uh, buying a house, like six months later. And I just made very clear to him. I said, listen, I have a business. Like all of my money goes back into my business. I just, I cannot contribute. And if you don't want me to get a full-time job in addition to my business and like never see you, um, like you're going to have to carry the financial load for a little bit. And that for me, like my ego was like hated every moment of that. Cause I've been independent on my own since I was like 18, like I don't need no man type stuff, you know? And so like for me to like do that was, uh, it took a lot and it took probably a couple of years for me to be like, okay, with, with allowing myself to be supported. Um, and so when we moved in and like, you know, it was like, ah, at first for him, cause he was just like, not used to like the joint thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over the years, it just like got easy and, and it was fine. He never made me feel bad for buying anything, you know, whatever. Um, and then recently we split our finances and I love that we did because one, as a couple, like we've grown, we've changed, we've shifted, we've evolved and as individuals as well. And so when I realized that like, I was finally, you know, paying myself like, yep, sign my own, my own check. So I feel, mm-hmm. I feel you on that. Um, you know, so I'm finally at the point where I can pay myself and like, I'm not like, you're struggling every second of every single day, you know, trying to just figure out how to like keep a business afloat. And, and I realized that I was like, he was feeling a little stifled with me managing the money. Cause I paid all the bills and like, I had to be like, mm-hmm. like, like you bro, like <laughs> you just spent like $700 on hunting stuff. Like <laughs> we have a mortgage payment. Like, what are you doing? You know, like, mm-hmm. and, and I just realized that he was starting to feel like he couldn't spend his own money. And I was like, that's not okay. Like, I don't want him to feel like that. And, Mm -hmm. and now there doesn't really, there's not like a big need for us to share finances. So we, we split up 
um, we have our own separate accounts and then we have a joint account and we both contribute to it a percentage, you know, of our income. And I was like, as long as the bills get paid, like, I don't care if your personal account like bounces down. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Um, And it's been great. Like it's been great for our marriage. And I think that, um, you know, like you said, like if we were on one side or the other, it's kind of like, oh, what you do that. And having been on both sides, I think, you know, you have to really decide what works best for you and for your marriage or your relationship or whatever. And it can't just be like a one size fits all. Do it. I agree. Do it. I will also say that like what I love about your story is that even if it's the same marriage or the same relationship, it doesn't mean it's the same thing all the t- like for the yeah. whole entirety of that relationship. Right. Yeah. So like on that same token, right. Is um, you know, my husband and I, like, we see, we see all each other's finances. It doesn't mean that we have every single account that's joint. Right. Right. So like he has his own investment accounts and I have my own investment accounts and he's allowed to put whatever the hell he wants in there. And I put whatever I want in my, and like, we literally had a conversation the other day. Cause like, he knows I hate Twitter and he like, <laughs> and he like loves Twitter. Right. And I was like, why do you have this account? He's like, Oh, that's where I invest in Twitter. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Fair. Fine. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> Because just because we're, we have mutual interests, it doesn't mean we have the exact same goals or the exact same thing. We're still two separate human beings. Right. right? So, you know, like one of the things that I often have to even peel back with some of my clients, especially those who are married is like, there, it always like, me and my, me and my husband are not on the same page or me and my wife, we're not on my spouse, whoever we're not on the same page. I'm like, yeah, me and AJ, we're not on the same page all the time either. That's actually how it should be. If you're two different people with actual brains that like are working, <laughs> then you should have, you should be at different pages at certain points in your life. Yeah. Like that's just, that's okay too. So I love that you said that because it's a reminder to me even that, you know, like at some points for people, like even again, if it's the same relationship, there might be a different strategy you need at different points, depending on where you are as an individual and as a couple, I would also agree with you. I mean, AJ, we've been married for 10 years and we just had our 10 year anniversary this year. And we decided even this year, we're like, this is a different, like we actually have a different marriage than we did 10 years ago. We're not the same people who got married 10 years ago. Like I was a 25 year old, like I was still like getting drunk on like the sidewalk and stuff. I'm like, I'm not that same person anymore. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Right. So we should also set new, new, you know, not rules, but new strategies around how we're managing our finances and our relationship because we're literally two different people now. So I love, I love what you said. Yeah. And like you said, like that can, it can literally go for every aspect, you know, I mean, there's been times we've had to like look at things in our marriage and be like, just because it worked the first couple of years doesn't mean like that works anymore, you know, and, and we need to make sure that like both of us feel loved and supported and and happy in this relationship or we need to adjust. That's Mm -hmm. it. And I think that same thing goes for individuals too, where you're saying like, I was just talking to a couple yesterday and they're in their fifties and they spent the first 25 years of their marriage, like legit struggling, like, Mm -hmm. like really struggling to try to make ends meet and all this stuff. And they finally, now their fifties are like in a place where they feel like they have the money that they deserve to be making. And now they're like, they don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Right. But they're, their thought was like, oh, we should keep operating the same way that we were when we were struggling Uh, versus being like, this is a completely different scenario, which then probably requires a completely different set of expertise, a different set of ways of like doing things. Um, And so oftentimes people get stuck. And again, this is where I don't like about personal finance. Like 
going back to your examples of like, you know, who, which personal finance people do you listen to? Mm -hmm. I would say that like the quote unquote Dave Ramsey's of the world are great for people who are struggling, who are like at a certain point that they don't make a lot of money. They don't, you know, there's the only thing you can really do is save, but like, even if I look at myself where I was five years ago when I was $300,000 in debt, and now my husband and I manage a million dollars of net worth, there's no way we should be using the same strategy. It doesn't make no. sense. <laughs> yeah. It like yeah. literally doesn't make sense, right? So that is a really good reminder that I think you're sharing with people. And it, it, that goes outside of money too, right? Like yeah. the person that you were when you were in that space in your life, like is a, I always look at it as a completely different person. Yeah as this person now. And even people would be surprised, even though my name is like Bernadette Joy on like social media, and even my company is called Bernadette Joy. Like I even consider the Bernadette Joy that's out there is different from the Bernadette Joy that like, you know, sits on her couch, like three hours a night, like <laughs> watching like Korean dramas, right? Like I'm allowed, I'm allowed to be both. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That I feel that way about Crystal Rose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's so good. And, and just like reiterating that, like the strategy that got you to where you are, isn't exactly like the same strategy that's going to take you to where you want to go. Like what you've been doing may not, may not be what gets you to where you want to go. It's just going to keep you where you are. So I love, I love that. I think Uh, it's like the one thing we should just take away from this whole thing. (laughs) You just summed it up perfectly. (laughs) Uh, So good. I, like this has been, I think this has been so valuable. Like there's so many nuggets here. And like, even, even if you only just take away like a new like perspective from this, I, I really hope you guys are getting something out of it. Cause so many nuggets, like so many nuggets in this, <laughs> in this episode. I love it. So we like to end things on a quote. So is there a quote that you either like live by or something that you've been, you know, feeling lately that you'd want to share with us? Um, Oh, good quote. I would say lately, um, the one that I've been, been kind of, I don't know if you call it a quote or a mantra or whatever, but lately I have been telling myself (laughs) this, which is, um, my, my financial independence and my definition of retiring early is entirely up to me. So like, even in the personal finance space where they talk about like fire is this, and this is how you do, or this is how you do all those things. I'm like, again, the definition of how I define financial independence and how I define retiring early is entirely up to me. So that's, that's where I, that's where where my head has been. I love it. So good. Where can we find you? Sure. If you would like to follow my musings on social media, I'm at Bernadette Joy spelled with the word debt in it. Um, but you'll find me and, uh, on my website, it's crushyourmoneygoals.com. And there you can find my latest offerings of classes and the classes range from like a one-time, like show up with like a drink in your hand kind of class to like a full, like 12 week program. And we have a lot of stuff in between. I love it. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on today. I have, I've loved this. It's been so good. Uh, Me too. Thank you for having me. If this episode hit with you, please go out there and share it. Share it in your Instagram stories, send it to a friend who might need it, or even just drop in my DMs on Instagram at Rose and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you guys. Thanks for listening.